Hi everyone and welcome to episode 56 of The Sweet Spot on a Farm. If this is your first episode and you have no idea what this podcast is about, it's all about health and food. It is my search for an answer to how can we achieve healthy body and mind with the resources that are available to us locally. And I'm looking at what we can do to improve our health and what and how we eat to support it. I talk to some interesting guests who can provide us with the tools we need to lead a healthy, happy lifestyle that is personal to each and every one of us. I talk to natural health and fitness professionals, organic farmers, food producers, therapists, and anyone whose business and life mission it is to keep the rest of us healthy. I ask them about their work, their passions and their lifestyles, and I wonder what they like to eat, and we share cooking tips and plant-based recipes we can all easily make at home. And today we're not on a farm. Once again, you can hear the sea in the background. Um, I really have to probably rethink the podcast title. But um, today we're on a beach and my guest is a fellow open water swimmer, dipper, cold water lover and wave jumper. <laughs> but also a blogger and probably the most optimistic and strongest woman I've ever met in my life. And... Someone I had the fortune to meet through sea swimming, Trisha Olsen. Hello, Trisha. How are you? Hello. You're going to make me all emotional. We haven't even started yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's allowed to cry and, and laugh. <laughs> oh, and... Don't encourage me. You'll not stop me. But thank you very much for um, inviting me. To how do are this. you today? <laughs> I'm very well. Yes, I'm very well. I'm enjoying being by the sea, my happy place, with the dogs barking. <laughs> It's like they knew we were going to record each other. They just ganged up in the background. I know. But uh, we're actually standing where we met. um, Yes, we are. In Arcadia, yeah. (laughs) And it's it's a beautiful day. I'm glad we got such a lovely day. The sun is shining. I know. I know. We picked well because it's been, well, it's cold, but at, at least it's not raining. Nice blue sky. So. It's not as cold as it could be, and I'm no. pretty sure the water's colder. Yeah, I was in it a couple of days ago, and it was it was the coldest I think I've ever done, but it was lovely. Yeah, but it looks really, really inviting. I have to say, I'm yeah. gonna get a dip afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for for people who don't know you, who you are, maybe maybe never stumbled up on your blog. Most people then. <laughs> <laughs> Would you um, would you mind telling us about your journey to the sea? What what got you um, to this whole cold water journey? Yeah, certainly. It's a bit of a tragic tale, but um, I've all, I think I've always been a beach girl. You know, um, as kids, we were always taken to the beach. I grew up. I was I was born in Glasgow, and every summer was spent going to Fife and a wee beach at Ely. And we used to go there every summer. And then we moved here when I was seven. We moved to Northern Ireland, um, to the North Coast. And again, every summer we still went back to Fife. But here, my dad found Port Stewart Strand. And we used to, every Sunday you were dragged to Port Stewart Strand. And I think it's just that, it's that childhood thing of, you know, that's where you go when you need to clear your head. But... Um, in, 20, in January 2017, after years and years of suffering very bad headaches, which I put down to sinus problems, migraines, hormones, whatever you want, um, 
I eventually, they got gradually worse and worse. Been, I'd had them for years, but in January then, 2017, in the middle of the night, or early hours of the morning, I took a grandma seizure and was subsequently rushed into hospital and diagnosed with a brain tumour. Um, initially, they thought I'd had a stroke, but as the days went on and more tests and scans and things were done, it transpired that I had a, a grade 3 incurable terminal brain tumour was the words that were used. My first appointment at the Royal Victoria Hospital in Belfast was with a neurosurgeon and that was within a month of being diagnosed. So, in fact, it wasn't even, it was within a couple of weeks. So I should have known then that things were really very serious. But I've been very fortunate, you know, it's now nearly 2021. I'm coming up to my four-year seizureversary. Um, I've been back at work for a number of years. I was back at work after all my treatment was completed. Um, I went through two surgeries and radiotherapy and chemotherapy. Now, they still won't downgrade the tumour, although the last few scans, they can't see anything. And I'm going, well, why are you still saying it's grade three? But we have to because we can't really see properly because there's scarring and it'll probably come back. But... I don't like to believe that, I think. Do you know what? It's, I feel fine. It's not there. We're grand. Let's move on. But through that, whenever I was in hospital, to get back to your question, whenever I was in hospital, for some reason I felt this real hankering to get to the sea. And um, I think I don't know if it was just a childhood thing or if it's just a, a kind of a force of nature, but... Every time people came to visit me after I came out of hospital and was at home, I was like, will you take me to the sea? Take me, to, take me for a toe dip. Take me for a toe dip. <laughs> and my sister lives in Manchester. She came over all the time. And every time she was over, I'm like, can we go for a toe dip? <laughs> I didn't care what the weather was. I was just like, I have to get my feet in the sea. And eventually then, once I've been through all my treatment and everything, my husband said to me, he had seen the Arcadia Bathing Club Facebook page and he said why don't you actually go down and get in and initially I was like oh I don't know about that now it's a bit cold and he said come on I'll go down with you and I looked at the Facebook page and I saw a couple of names that people people who were members that I knew Uh, one in particular is a girl called Yvonne and I thought I wonder would Yvonne go with me so I contacted her and I said you know do you go in she said oh I, I go in every so often she's more yoga she does yoga and things but she said I'll go down with you if you want. So I thought, okay, we'll give it a go. And down we came. And I mean, the first week I came down with like ridiculous amounts of clothing on. And I actually, I had gained a pile of weight as well. So I was totally paranoid because I was used to being a wee skinny size eight. And I was up to 16. You know, I I gained like three stone from the medications that I've been on, the steroids. And we got down here and I was wearing a swimsuit that was actually a maternity swimsuit because I was carrying so much weight in my stomach. And I was totally paranoid and had on like a rash vest as well, which was the worst thing I could have done because it just holds more water and makes you colder. But anyway, I got in and I just felt amazing. I thought, look at what I have done because I was still very weak. My muscles were very weak and stuff, but I did it. The way the Arcadia Club works is to become an official member, you have to do at least one dip every month. They meet every Sunday, COVID allowing, they haven't really met this year officially, but um, 
They meet every Sunday. You had to do one dip every month for a full year, consecutive months for a full year, and then you become an official member and they give you a certificate and all the rest. And I have to say that first year it was... I like to call it tenacity, but in anyone else I would call it just pig ignorance. It was <laughs> stubborn. <laughs> um, I was just, I was doing it and that was it. And for me, both mentally and physically, that was amazing because I was so weak, and mentally and physically. And then I was doing this thing and it was only a wee thing, but every week I was coming down here, or at least once a month for the first year. After the first year then, I mean the winter was really hard, but after the first year then, I was, you know, I knew I could do it. And I was getting stronger and just thought, right, and, and I've done it ever since. And I think I've been in every single week this year. You are amazing. Like you, even the way, <laughs> do you know, I um because because my my mom um my mom suffered cancer, a different kind. Right. But I I could never imagine anyone talk about having a tumor with such optimism and such. I mean, you're you're <laughs> you're a pure <laughs> embodiment of optimism and 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 positivity. It's the only way I know how to deal with it. I think if I, it, it all happened so fast and it was such big news. I didn't know, I couldn't mentally absorb it. I was just, what are you saying, what? I was 41 years of age. I'm going, no, 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 that's not right. And, and, and you know, it, it just happened so fast. I didn't really have time to take it in initially and every so often even now I mean I'm not optimistic all the time I have my dips like everybody else but um, I'm very lucky because I've got an amazing I call them my, my support team my shining stars and some people have come through that for me that I didn't know very well that suddenly just popped on and were like there every step of the way other people who I thought would be there weren't you know it's funny But I'm very lucky. I mean, I have a wonderful husband. We're married nearly 24 years, and, and he's just brilliant, you know. And my sister and friends who just, as I said, when I was diagnosed and everything, they just let me do whatever I needed to do. They supported me, even when things sounded a bit mad. They let me do it, you know. Like taking you down for a second. Like taking me down for a second. It was my husband that found the, the group that I could actually swim with and actively encouraged me to do it. And he said that first week, he said, when I came out, he said, your whole face had changed. He said, you just were, you just had lit up. And he said, you were so, and because I felt so strong, you know, I came out, I felt invincible. I thought, if I can do that, I can do anything. That is the word I was looking for, invincible. It mm -hmm. is such a good description of how you feel when you get out of water. You do, it? don't you? I, I was talking to somebody actually not that long ago. Well, it was before lockdown. It was before COVID sort of struck. So I suppose it would have been nearly a year ago now. But she was in the water with the group and it was her first time in. And she's, as tends to happen with groups like that, you're all chatting to each other. You don't know. Half of them I wouldn't know for what passed them in the street because they're obviously dressed and <laughs> have dry hair. <laughs> You look different in your swimsuit. <laughs> But um, anyway, I was chatting to this girl and she said, what am I doing? I must be mad. I said, no, you're not mad. You're going to get out of here feeling amazing. And she was like, I'm freezing. And I said, you'll be fine. I said, listen, see all those people standing up there watching. 
you're going to get out and I said inevitably one of them is going to say to you have you been in even though you're in a swimsuit you're soaking wet it's quite obvious you've been in but they will they'll say have you been in and I said you know what you'll do I said you will just pull your shoulders back slightly you'll stand that wee bit taller and you'll just go uh-huh <laughs> And I said, and you will feel on top of the Put world. Put on your smug face. Oh, yes, exactly. And you'll be so pious about it. You'll be like, yes, I have. And I said, that is so good for your mental have health. Have you been in? And, uh, or are you just standing watching us going in? And um, I saw her then, once I got out, she got out a wee bit before us, obviously it was her first time in. And once I got out then, I saw her up on the, up on the path and she said, it happened and I went because somebody asked me and I've been in and she said I just went uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> but that's you see that with everybody and it's it's you know it's as much about the company as well now obviously with this year has been difficult you know the group haven't been meeting because it wouldn't be responsible I do still see some big groups going in but I think that's not a good idea I go with one friend we've been friends since we were teenagers and we meet down there we go in we get out and we go our own ways you know um but even that side of things when there's a big group you've got the camaraderie of you all going in together and the fun and and you always have a few new ones coming in and they're like oh what am i doing and everybody it's always the same line it's grand once you get in it's lovely once you get in (laughs) but really when you're waist deep in it you're not feeling that just yet you need to be right down in before you feel that um, but no even just going with my one friend I, we love that we love that too cause, and I've been I actually went one week she couldn't go and I went on my own with my husband my husband was there you know watching and all the rest so I, I would never go in just on my own with nobody on the bank or whatever but or on the beach but um, I went in one week on my own and it was it was glorious it was so peaceful so there's you, you can get enjoyment from a big group a wee group or just on your own but as long as you're doing it safely I think Does your husband ever swim with you? Yes he after he saw me the first week he went in the second week and he did do his first he did his year with the Arcadia group and it really has been he doesn't like going in the winter he tends to be he goes in quickly and straight back out he doesn't stay in and I'm going stay in a wee bit longer but it's not you know he doesn't want to do it so he doesn't like getting sea slapped no he doesn't like a good sea slapping like we do (laughs) I had to laugh the first time I heard it from you tell us about the sea slapping it is so funny I never honestly I never heard anyone speaking about this the way you do (laughs) Um, well it was just especially in the first winter you were coming in and sometimes the waves are quite big and they do they, they slap you they, they, they just give you a good slap and, but I tend to I get we call it seasteria because whenever I get in I am the noisiest well I'm noisy anyway but when I get into the sea I'm screaming and shrieking and I nearly go like a child on Christmas Eve you know where I'm kind of like oh you know and I get so excited but it's it's almost it's like a nervous reaction with me sometimes, you know, that I'm, I'm a bit fearful of what's going to happen. So I kind of laugh my way through it. And then every so often then you do, a big wave will catch you. And, and it, can be, it can be scary, you know, if one catches you and knocks you off your feet, it's scary. But then you get up and you, 
you know, my friend just laughs. She's always laughing. She's, she loves to see me get, as we call it, a good sea slap. <laughs> and there was one caught her one day, just right, it always gets me. They always seem to break over me. But it was one day, one slapped her right in the back of the head. And I thought, yes, it knocked her right off her feet. And she was fine, obviously. We don't go out of our depths, so we're never in any danger, if you know what I mean. We're, we're always very careful, but, and we always stick together. But, <laughs> but she got a good sea slap, and I thought, well, as we would say, hell, slap it up, you. Over <laughs> <laughs> all the times you've laughed at me for it. So, yeah, no, we have all our different terms for... We've got sea slapping and... Cysteria when you first get in and you know I have the same for cancer when I go for my scans I always get a bit nervous before my scans so I call that scansiety <laughs> you know it's just it's just the way we talk <laughs> I don't know if it's the Scot or the the Korean in me <laughs> but... it's probably just your great sense of humour <laughs> <laughs> I see it in my son actually my son's got a great turn of phrase and I think oh you're funny and then I wonder, do I think he's funny because he's mine and we have the same sense of humour? And is it, are we are neither of us funny? <laughs> we just think we are. But no. But you know what the sea slap I think it's it's particularly here in Portrush because I, I swam in different places yeah. and um, you never get such a great slapping. run of waves, <laughs> such great slapping exactly <laughs> like you do in Portrush. I know, it's just yeah. it's, it's something very specific to here, and that's why I love and I've missed like this is the first time actually I've been here since last February because really? of the lockdown. Yeah. I haven't been here, and I've really missed it because um, we whenever we come here, my partner rarely gets into the water, but he likes coming and getting into water with me here because it's so yeah. much fun. Yeah, the playing in the waves, it's yeah. just and you, it's you don't like get that kids. around around where we are. Yeah, it's like being a child. Yeah. yeah, but oh, totally. there's joy in swimming when there's not those waves as well. I mean, recently here the swells have been really big, like dangerously big, and my friend and I actually have swum a few times in the harbour because it's totally flat and um, just for safety because you couldn't get in but we're determined every week we want to get in and we both feel the benefit of it so we're like where are we going to go in where are we going to go because that's too dangerous but um okay I'm, her husband's a surfer so we call him the guru but because he knows exactly where the swells are and all the rest whereas I look up the tide forecast and think I know everything but I don't <laughs> and then I come down and I'm like oh what's going on it's not tide forecast didn't tell me it was going to be like this you know our surf forecast didn't tell me it was going to be like this but um he keeps us right keeps us straight that we're safe and everything but in the summer my husband and i went to donegal and swam there and oh i mean it was amazing but completely different we swam at downings and it was beautiful weather we had absolutely gorgeous weather and the, it was completely flat a completely different swim but still incredible because it was. We said it was like being in a lake. I, he, he actually said it, this is like a Canadian lake because you were surrounded. It was a massive big bay. You're surrounded by sort of hills and I don't know if you'd call them mountains. Probably more hills, but um, very open and very bright blue sky. And it was. It was like being in a Canadian lake and absolutely joyous. 
and he he stayed in for a wee while and then I and I stayed in on my own for ages because it was well, it was warm and it was lovely and it, the sea wasn't particularly warm obviously but it was warmer than I'm used to so it was great. But there is something like you say something childlike to to, to jump in here and and play in the waves. It's I yeah. never feel such a sense of childlike joy. Yeah. I would agree with that. Only it, when I get in here and, and jump through the waves. It is so much fun. It's incredible. And it really puts such a... It's not even like... Normally, I get a smile on my face when I go into the cold water. But when I come out here, it's a grin. It's yeah. just a grin. <laughs> and you wouldn't wipe it off my face the whole day afterwards. <laughs> I know. It's just, it's just, I think there is... Well, probably more people have learned it this year than any other. because, and Or if you've been through something like cancer or, you know... It's a shame that we need such horrific circumstances to make us realise what's important in life, you know, but it is the wee simple, I know it sounds so twee, but it is the wee simple things. It is, it's getting your feet in the ocean. It's, my husband taught me a great one. <laughs> we were in London, actually, and um, we were over in London and I wasn't enjoying it because I just, I don't like cities anymore. I never really did. I was never a city girl, but now... I just, I, there's, it was so smoggy and I, could, I felt like I couldn't get a breath and I was like, oh, don't, I'm not enjoying this. We went to Hyde Park and to kind of get away from that traffic and noise and all the rest and he said, take off your shoes and socks. Again, a lovely day and I'm going, what? He says, take off your shoes and socks and he made me walk on the grass in my bare feet and again, it was a similar feeling. It was that kind of Oh, I'm doing something a bit silly, a bit quirky. People are looking at you, but you're going, do you know what? Don't, you know. And we still do that sometimes, you know, in the summertime, you would just, well, we take off your shoes and socks. Yeah, let's do that. So, you know, there is something that takes you back to childhood and just that sense of not caring. You know, as I said to you at the start there, when I first came down here, I was wearing a maternity swimsuit. I had gained three and a half stone. You know, I was not comfortable in my own body at all. Um, I came down here with the swimsuit on, a rash vest over it. The next week, I wore the swimsuit without the rash vest, and I didn't care. Because everybody here was in enjoying it in the same way. There was all shapes, sizes, all ages. Nobody cared, male, female. Nobody cared. The kids right through to people, I'm sure, in their 70s and 80s. And I thought, isn't that lovely? For the first time in a long time, I didn't care. I was just like, when you're in there, you're not thinking about anything else. You're thinking about you're having fun, you're having a laugh. Or sometimes you're maybe it's a wee bit quieter and you're just chilling out with your own thoughts. But you're listening to the waves and you're hearing the birds and you're not thinking about life's worries at all. I, I sometimes think when I talk about the seasteria when you go in, and that kind of hysteria of laughing and giggling. and That to me almost is all the stresses and strains of the week just coming out of me. And then once I'm actually in the water properly, that's all gone. And you're just feeling that water around you and you're feeling strong and you're going, look at me, I am swimming away. It might be a bit of a messy breaststroke stroke doggy paddle treading water thing that I'm doing, you know, I'm not. I do see other ones swimming out to the scaries and back and things and I think, well, good for you. But it's funny because a lot of them I remember from school and they were always the real fit ones, you know. They were always top of the 
gym class and playing hockey and swimmers and all that. And I was never any of those things, but I can still get in the sea and do my wee bit. And it's great. And especially having been through all that treatment and stuff, you know, and I do believe that it has kept me well. You know, I do believe that part of the reason for my good scan results and me feeling so much better in myself and losing a lot of the weight that I gained is because of the sea. It's because of coming down and doing that and having that mental and physical well-being. It's maybe stronger. That's what I was wondering about how much you thought that the regular sea swims played a part in your recovery. It's definitely played a part. I mean, before... um, before I was diagnosed and stuff, I was I used to do a bit of hill hill walking, and I was my sister and I were getting ready to walk the West Highland Way in Scotland, which is 98 miles from just outside Glasgow up to Fort William, and we were doing it over a week. You know, we weren't we weren't getting totally carried away. We were doing it over a week, a fairly easy, you know, staying in B and B's in between. But um, I was so looking forward to it, and actually the week of my seizure. I had been feeling really bad and I had taken a week off work, just a week holiday, a week's holidays. But that week, twice in that week, I had gone for a fairly lengthy hike because I was preparing to go and walk the West Highland Way. And the second one, I mean, my, the girl actually who sees swims with me now, I've known her since we were teenagers, but she, <laughs> me and her had been out for this big long walk on the Thursday. And the next day I had actually booked to go and have, ironically, a seaweed bath and get my nails done, which is just not like me at all. I'm not, that's not, you know, I was never really one for stuff like that. I'm not a girly girl. And uh, I was, I thought, I'll go and do this big hike and then the next day I'll treat myself and I'll do all these wonderful things. And it was that night that I took the seizure and I ended up in hospital, so I never got my seaweed bath. Maybe that's why. <laughs> Maybe that's why I became obsessed with the sea. <laughs> But I love even round here that, you know, you can come to Port Rush and go to Port Stewart. You've got all this coastline and it all smells different. It's all, I think it's to do with rocks and how much sand there is and this sort of thing. Because I noticed that when we go to Port Stewart, I, I've, I haven't really swum at Port Stewart, but even just walking down the prom and stuff and you're right by the sea and I'm like, it smells different here. The waves, the sea smells different. I think it's the seaweed. So it's and no matter where you go, and Downing's again was different again and we've been... Murloc Bay, just outside Bally Castle, is absolutely beautiful. I don't think you could safely swim at it, but it's gorgeous for a walk. And again, it's different again, you know. So although you've got this gorgeous coastline, it's all different. No matter where you stop, you get a different experience, whether you swim or you just go for a walk or you toe dip or whatever you end up doing. Can you imagine your life without the sea, without being able to go in? I don't know that I would want to, to be honest. I think now it's it's become very much a part of me. And if I'm having a bad week or, you know, I, I'm on to my friend going, you know, ah, it's not long, are we going Saturday this week or are we going Sunday or can we go today? <laughs> you know, I mean, I work four days a week, so um, we tend to go at the weekends. But you do, you look forward to it. And I, I couldn't imagine, even sometimes... It, you know, obviously I still get to headaches and things, not as bad as I did, but, you know, I still get them. Or even if I'm just stressed out or anxious about things, and, you know, I, my husband, some, I'll, either I'll say to him or he'll just see it in me, and he'll be like, will we go for a walk? 
I mean, we laugh about getting old. I mean, I'm in my 40s, he's in his 50s, but we <laughs> we think, see this year, all we have done all year at the weekend, as soon as you get a hint of sun, pack up a picnic, away we go. And we always end up somewhere coastal. You know, we always end up somewhere by the sea. And whether we get a toe dip or just a walk, or we just sit in the car and have a picnic because it's raining, whatever. Nice. See, we're, we're like two old timers sitting here with our wee picnics and our wee cup of tea and everything. But do you know what? If it makes us happy, then who cares? <laughs> there is something, I don't know, there is something incredibly calming about, about the sea. And I I have read the book that you recommended. <laughs> I mean, um, I've bought that for so many people. I've it, given that to neurologists, to GPs, to surgeons, everybody who's had a copy of that book. <laughs> Even just standing here and listening to yeah. it, and, and even just even when you're sitting in the car and you're watching it, yeah. there is just something. It, There's it's a like lot of science around it as well. Yeah. You know that that I love that book that we're talking about. I love because it gives you the science. It gives you. There's a lot of research has been done, and it talks about that, which kind of satisfies that part of my brain. But then it also talks to surfers and it talks to swimmers and it talks to people just who like the sea and don't know why. And so that kind of satisfies the more hippie side of my brain. So I'm going, yeah, no, no, I can, I get this completely. You know, I love rivers as well. You know, I'm obsessed with the wind and the willows. Um, and, you know, the tail of the riverbank and, you know, so... Um, yeah, there is just something very peaceful about it. But there's a lot of science too. You know, I mean, the recent, the, the most recent stuff I've seen has been around Parkinson's disease, which my father actually has. And it, it, um, it well, it hasn't, it, not specifically Parkinson's, but dementia, where they say that, you know, sea swimming can stave off dementia. I'm not a doctor, but this is what some of the research is, that's coming out now is saying. And... Um, it's you know there is a lot of science around how it can help and my own GP actually said to me at one stage you know um, there's a lot more research coming out now there's a lot more research being done and around the benefits of fresh air and the sea and being around water and that sort of thing and I just laughed and said well if you'd read the book I gave you you would know all that <laughs> you just listen to me you wouldn't need to wait for the research because I told you, know, you. <laughs> And it is even in, in, in that book, and, and, and I'll, um, I'll, I'll give our listeners the, detail as, uh, the details afterwards. Um, it even says in that, and it makes sense to me that we have evolved from the mm -hmm. water. That's where we, mm -hmm. that's where we come from. That's how we evolved. So it only makes sense that the water is healing. It's, it's, it's 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 natural that we are called to it. Uh, yeah. That it's calming to us because that's where we are from. I know you're standing here now listening to it. How could you not be calmed by that and looking at it and the colour of it and you know, the stage you come down it's just crystal clear and I think it doesn't matter you know, being in it is the best. For me personally that's the best. But even on a really wintry day when it's really cold and the waves there's a big swell and it's not safe to get in. But even walking past, I'm watching those waves hitting the, the rocks and flying up over, you know. The, it's the power of the ocean, I suppose. You know, what's it they say? Vitamin C? <laughs> you need your vitamin C. I know, I, I, I keep hearing it all the time. I know. People, we're we're, we're going to go for some vitamin, vitamin C, C this morning. Yeah, <laughs> let's go and get some vitamin C. How would you describe the difference 
in the experience when you're getting into the water in winter time and when you're getting in the summertime? To be honest, once you're in the water, get, getting into the water, it's cold no matter when you come. It, up here it is, you know, it just as it's the North Atlantic, it's never going to be warm. Um, so it's always cold, but in the winter, I think the difference is the air temperature when you come out, so and before you go in. So it's and especially if there's a wind, you know, if there's a breeze blowing in the summer, that can be quite pleasant. But <laughs> if there's a breeze blowing in the winter, it's not just quite so pleasant. But the feeling when you get in, I mean, once you're in underwater, you're numb anyway. You know, you do. You just kind of get a bit numb and. And you've still got that water all around you and you feel so strong and just, it's lovely and so relaxed that I don't think it matters for this summer or winter. Obviously, I prefer it in the summer, I, I'll admit it. You know, I'm not going to be a big, brave girl and say, oh, no, the winter's fabulous. The winter is fabulous. The summer's fabulouser, <laughs> I would say, <laughs> because you're getting out. And, you know, when I get out in the winter, I have to go, you know, straight home straight home whereas in the summer sometimes I can maybe stay and have a cup of tea or even go for a short walk you know because you're getting dried off quicker it's harder to get dried off in the winter and that and anyone you know I see people sometimes online and that saying about you know I really want to start sea swimming and there's been a few recently and everybody's like oh yes yes you know come and join our group come and do this come and do that and I always go on and say honestly I wouldn't start at this time of year you might put yourself off and that's true it's, you know, the first winter I got through because I was determined I was going to do it. And then you get used to it, You're, you become acclimatised to it and you get the pleasures, you know, you know that you can do it. Um, I think as well, if you're if you're in a group, that's good because they do events and things. Like that first year we had, we had the Santa Splash that they have every year. Well, they didn't have it this year, my friend and I had our own, but <laughs> just the two of us with our Santa and hats on. And it is on. the sort of group psychology as well because yeah. even if it's winter I you kind of feel sometimes it's not such a good thing as, as, but as long as you know your limits and you listen to your own yeah. body I think it is great to get yourself swept in by the group psychology because you see everybody's getting in yeah so you're just gonna share if they can do it totally yeah. I can too like exactly. what what should be so different I mean I have to say I started in wintertime it was February when I was oh. yeah it no, was I started in July it you're was much harder than freezing me. <laughs> oh man I <clears throat> I lasted about 10 seconds it would it, okay, it'll be three years in matters. February oh good for you I think that was for me being part of the group and having that goal of getting this wee dopey certificate after a year but I was like I'm getting that certificate because I think as well having come through all the stress and trauma of the cancer treatment and everything this was something I could control this was something that I was saying do you know what I will do this I can do this and I will do it and you know and I had so much support and you know everybody was like oh you're amazing I'm going am I really <laughs> keep telling me that so I can get back in you know so I would say it, particularly the first winter it was you know I, it did take a bit of saying to myself right you're doing this we had John Bishop came and swam with us at one point I think that was around February time and I was it was January February and I thought right okay well there's my motivation to get in that month you know and I did at the beginning the first year it probably was I made sure I did one a month I wasn't in every week in winter but now your body becomes acclimatised to it and it, it genuinely does if you, if you stick at it you maybe need a bit of grit and 
determination at the start, but once you get through that first winter, then you know you can do it. And then summer comes around and you're blissfully happy again doing it, but you know the benefits from it then. And then you you go through the winter and I enjoy my winter swims now. It's so, a bit of a mental thing, isn't it, it in is, winter yeah. time? Because of the um, of the air temperature, it does sort of put you off. And it can do if you let it, yeah. But I think you have to remember you still get the benefits. And even though you might be cold when you come out, um, you just I think as well, it's known when to get out. <laughs> you know, like we've had sometimes where we've stayed in, and I and I've stayed in too long, and I know I've stayed in too long because I'm freezing all day. You know, and I'm wrapped up in like six layers and blankets and everything, and I'm still freezing. And even when I go to bed, I'm freezing. I think I stayed in too long there, and that's probably quite a dangerous thing to do. But I've only had a couple of occasions where it's lasted that long. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so now we don't stay in as long in the winter time. You know, you would just say, right, once you start to feel cold, just get out, because you know you're only doing it for yourself. You're not doing it to prove. You're proving yourself to yourself. You're not proving it to anybody else. So just if you're cold, get out. <laughs> No, I would say when I'm getting in, I'm always like, oh, you know, because it is, it's cold and you're just, you're getting used to that. And as I say, then I have my C-steria where I get a bit hysterical and scream and squeal and giggle and laugh. And then, you know, that's usually, that's, I'm not in properly at that point. That's usually where it's creeping up your legs and it's hitting your stomach. And, you know, there's sort of key points where it hits your, first your feet and then your knees and then the sort of the groin area and then up right your chest and but once you get to a certain point you have to just kind of commit to it and just go right I'm getting in now and again my friend laughs because I always say right right this is my wave I'm going in now this is me this is me and I'll go one two I know next one next one <laughs> it usually takes me two or three sort of gene myself up but then once you do it then you're like and I'm in and then you get that just complete feeling of peace and calm and like all that mania that you've had before has just disappeared and you're going yeah no this is my happy place I'm here I've done it and then when you come out again you've got that kind of just walking a wee bit taller you know the shoulders back a wee bit further and you're just going hey yeah you do you're like look at me look what I've done and for me particularly having been through all my cancer treatment and everything too you're kind of going I see can't beat me look what I'm doing <laughs> you know, there was actually one time my GP was actually down with his kids at the beach they were playing at the beach and I came out and I was like strutting past him you know <laughs> look at me <laughs> but so yeah no I think it is just there's it's it's life-affirming you know it shows for me personally yeah having been through you know, not only I went through my cancer as if that wasn't bad enough, then I was accidentally left on a medication and took a bad reaction to it and was poisoned essentially and ended up with 
um, toxicity. I nearly died from that. It was four days away from sort of kicking the bucket. So for me then to come and do this and feel so alive, because I know what it's like to feel like you're on your way out. So um, that has been that's been a big thing too. Just it just you just feel alive. It's joyous. It's, it's just the best thing you can ever do. I can't advocate it highly enough. You know, just I couldn't imagine not doing it or not being here. I couldn't imagine not coming down and meeting my wee pal. And, and we go and, you know, as I say, all week we're like, oh, I can't wait for the weekend. <laughs> you know, we're just a whole lives away to get down here. <laughs> and we'd start talking about that house over there, the one that's derelict. Obviously, it's a podcast, you, nobody else can see it. But anyone who knows the Arcadia will know there's a derelict house. If you were in the sea facing into the beach, on the right hand side there's a derelict house with sort of green wood round it. That is my dream home. My husband and I dream about having that house. It's been lying derelict like that for years and you're going, look at that house. (laughs) I want that house. So you do, you find yourself sort of hankering to be even closer to the sea. I was like, imagine... How can that be lying empty? How has anyone let that happen? Because that to me is the absolute dream. Exactly, I'd be in every day if I was living there. But unfortunately, I suspect it's probably outside of my budget. (laughs) Maybe someday, you never know. (laughs) Maybe somebody will hear this and go, well, actually, I own that, you can have it. (laughs) Nobody's in it, it's lying empty. Go ahead. It would be fabulous to live here, at, to live in Port Usher, Port Stewart, or somewhere at, on the coast. I'm Korean, so I'm not a million miles away, but I work every day, and or four days now. When I first went back to work, I went back to five days, and then I kind of thought, you know what, a bit much. My husband does a four four day rota thing, so I just went and kind of said, you know, I'll take a wee hit in the money and and do it and it was the best thing I could have done. It does free up an extra day as well that if the weather's not going to be good at the weekend or the sea's looking a bit big, you can maybe slip in a wee one through the week there. You know, if you're off a day, you're like, oh, well, can maybe go down on Tuesday? I'm off on Tuesday. But yeah, you start to revolve your life around it a bit where you're kind of going, I just want to be there. Um, yeah, I look forward to it every week and then I just I suppose yeah, yes, I'm, I'm quite high maintenance when it comes to bringing stuff with me I am, <laughs> I will, like, I will yeah, admit that like I'm yeah <laughs> I, I will admit that, I, you know I don't bring one towel, I bring three but but there's a reason for it you know. and I think, do you know what, if you're doing it make it as comfortable for yourself as, as possible it doesn't matter so I have a towel that since I got out of the water I put that round me and wrap it round me and dry myself off as best I can. Then I have my cook on, you know, like the dry robe and I'll put it on over me which is great because then you can strip away underneath and you're not traumatising any child or, or adult <laughs> for that matter. And because um, it's, it's difficult as well, when you come out it's quite awkward, you know yourself, your skin gets almost a bit sticky, you know, from the seawater. And, um, so I have my initial towel, but then that gets wet very quickly. So then I have another towel. I wear neoprene gloves and boots because my hands go into cramps and, and my feet go into cramps. So that was hindering me to being able to stay in. The rest of me was fine, but my hands and feet. 
so I thought, mm, is that cheating or am I allowed to do that? But I see loads of other people doing it as well. I think it just depends, yeah. I don't, I'm not wearing a wetsuit, I'm just wearing the gloves and boots. Especially in wintertime, I can get away with all the gloves if we Yeah, but I know what you mean, and that's that's why I have the towel, the second towel, which is for my feet. Because when I take my boots off, I don't want to take my boots off and then stand in the sand, because then you get all the sand stuck to your feet, and you're going, well, this is no good. So I have another towel that I stand on, and then I dry off my feet and everything. And then my husband bought me these great, we call them my sea slippers, but they're basically, they're like waterproof shoes but they're nice and sort of loose but they've got a good solid sole and a good fleecy inside they're class and they were they were really cheap <laughs> you know but he saw them and thought that's perfect for her getting out of the water and it is it's brilliant so i get my feet all dried off at them and then i have my final towel then towel number three which just gives me a final dry off before i throw on nice fleecy jogging bottoms and my my fleece top and, and then my coupon goes back on over the top of all that and hat at this time of year hat and gloves and <laughs> you know what that is some equipment i know <laughs> i can fit it into a relatively small bag my i had my friend bought me a bag that says um life's a beach or something like that or i belong at the sea or something and i cram it all into that and my husband goes, just take like a hold all, you know, take a bigger bag. And I'm going, I don't need one, I can fit it in there. But that's because when I come down, I have my swimsuit on and I have my clothes on and my jog bottoms and all on over. So I can take them off, you know, I don't, they're not in the bag. So I can take them off and then put them back on again afterwards. So, but, although I do worry sometimes, my biggest fear, I think, in the water is when you look up and you see all the people walking and their dogs and all and I think a dog is going to pee in my stuff sometime isn't it and I'm, I'm watching them going you're ruining my buzz here and do you know what I often thought of it when we I usually go with you and I say uh-huh and I leave my stuff nature by the bench and there's a lot of walk, dog walkers and uh-huh. right Carrie I have in my um, in my dry bag Uh-huh. And I'm just like, you can't pee on the bag because the stuff inside the bag is safe. But if you pee on the teapot, <laughs> there's going to be trouble. And, <laughs> and it's always my biggest fear. Yeah. Or, or also my, my, my um, changing room. Well yes. Because I leave it, that doesn't fit into my dryer. Yes, so I, I know. I'm the same. Out. And you're kind of going, oh. It's a dog pee's in my room. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> Although I think, from what I've seen, most people kind of are pretty careful. They'll they'll see, you know, and I've laughed with dog owners about it. Like, are we kind of a laugh with a, don't you dare let your dog pee on my stuff? <laughs> but, but, you know, I never actually had a dog pee on my stuff, but one time uh, I was changing, I just, because it was low tide, so I just spread my changing mop on the beach, and I mm-hmm. was just changing, sort of hopping around, taking my boots off, and mm-hmm. then changing. There was a big dog and he comes in and he just sniffs me. I'm just standing on one of one feet trying to take one of my neoprene boots off and trying to balance. He comes in, he sniffs me 
And then he lifts his leg. Oh no. And just before he manages to feed the, the dog owner to come to <laughs> <laughs> Close call. Had such a great laugh about it. Like, my, my, my eyes just wide. <laughs> no. We had a lady to tell us the other week, I says, oh, I saw your dogs come around our stuff there and I thought, oh, please don't pee. And she said, oh, no, no, he wouldn't do that. But she said, I'd be more worried if he snacks or anything in there. And I says, no, we haven't just water. And she said, oh, that's okay. No, you're all right then. <laughs> she was worried that it would run off of the snacks, but we didn't have any food. So... A lot of people would bring like a flask of hot water or some people bring like warm water and will pour it over their feet whenever they get out. I don't do that, I don't like that. It burns my feet then. I'm even if it's not hot, you know, I'm like, oh no, because my feet are so cold. So um it's nippy and I thought no I don't like that so I would just tend to bring water um, but other people bring snacks and things I suppose maybe a banana or something's good when you get out or I'm a bit of a sucker for a mint hub bug in the car on the way back but <laughs> <laughs> that's me being unhealthy and I have to say my post dip snack I'm sorry I know it's not what you want to hear bacon body and cup of tea <laughs> it just has to be in the summer we'll maybe go to a cafe and get one and in the winter time just straight home and make our own my husband usually puts on the bacon while I'm in the shower I'm like happy days <laughs> doesn't get much better than that but but I know I probably should say you know fruit and all that kind of thing I do eat a lot of fruit and veg just not necessarily on a sea swim day I want hot and yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think whatever makes you happy, and I think that you know, particularly, that's actually one thing after um, after you get out of the, particularly in the winter when you get out of the cold water, I am so hungry. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just like, like whatever you hand to me. Year, but honestly, yeah. I didn't bring my healthy snacks. That's the only reason why I bring healthy, loads of healthy snacks for a post because I know if I didn't, I just run to the nearest shop and I oh no i just think oh when i get home i'm gonna have a bag of bacon body <laughs> i don't have the same helper you have i'm like i can't wait <laughs> Probably, yeah. Yeah, probably. That's probably true, yeah. I think so. As I say, I don't... I mean, I'm laughing about, you know, bacon bodies and not eating healthily and all the rest. I'm not too bad through the week, you know. I, I, I'm, in fact, I'm pretty good. I don't drink alcohol. I don't drink caffe or coffee at all. I have maximum three cups of tea in a day, if even. Usually it's closer to... It's usually one or two. Um, we eat a lot of fish and a lot of veg and you know I, I did become a bit obsessed around rainbow vegetables because if anyone who's been through cancer treatment will know you're encouraged your rainbow veg so I'm like peppers of all colours and broccoli and you know like the superfoods broccoli and 
I haven't managed to beat Trip and Kale. I just I can't. But I'm like, no, no, that's a step too far. But I will. I eat a lot of broccoli, a lot of asparagus and blueberries every day, every day. And in the summer, I'll have strawberries as well. You know, so I, I'm not but an oranges. So I eat a lot of oranges for the other type of vitamin C. So and apples. So I do. Usually with salmon. I usually have, I bake it with salmon, yeah, I'll, I'll bake salmon and put the asparagus and a wee squeeze of lemon just over the top of it and like get a lemon just and squeeze a bit of the juice over it and some, a wee bit of pepper, black pepper. I've never actually baked it, I always sort of steam it, but I don't, I don't know because I never really knew to do with asparagus, so I would just kind of steam it. <laughs> I can't believe I'm given cooking tips because I'm not the first. Yeah, no. I tend to do it. In fact, tonight's dinner in our house is salmon fillets with asparagus. So, all you, all you do, and if I can do this, anybody can do this, you just put the salmon fillets into like wee tinfoil packages. I just loosely wrap them in tinfoil and put the asparagus in with them. And a wee squirt of lemon juice and a wee bit of seasoning. And you can do all sorts of things. Like so my husband likes to put chili flakes. Yeah, okay. yeah. And then usually I'll have um, broccoli with it as well because I'm a bit obsessed with broccoli. Because somebody told me it was really good for you when I was in hospital, and I'm like, right. <laughs> I eat it with nearly every meal. I'm like, broccoli with that? And my husband's like, no, I'm all right. And I'm like, I'm going to have some broccoli with mine and spinach. It's the other big one, spinach with everything. You know, I think I eat spinach nearly every day. You know, I'll eat it in a sandwich. You know. And uh, no matter what sandwich I have, I'll always put a wee few spinach leaves in there as well. I need to start growing my own because um, I eat so much of it. I would be as well to grow my own. Maybe you could grow me some. <laughs> I'm not a big gardener. Well, no, I wasn't a big gardener until this year. But I think this summer we had such a well, spring summer. We had such a nice, we had such nice weather. And obviously with COVID and stuff, you couldn't go anywhere. So in our wee back garden, we've only got a wee. Uh, it's not a big garden, but it's big enough. And it was looking a bit, starting to get a bit scraggy looking. So we did do a lot of work in the garden, and 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 I really enjoyed it. And we planted up beds and stuff and I painted we got a new shed and I painted it I got this, it was the last two tins of paint in, in B&Q the last two tins it was lavender and my husband's like, oh, you're, are we going to seriously have a big purple shed and I'm going, wait and see, but actually whenever I did it, it was a lot more muted, it was more a lavender colour, it wasn't a bright purple, it was lavender it wasn't like a rabina and uh, and it's turned out beautiful. And everybody compliments. Oh, look at your lavender shed. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> oh, I know. And um, so I have really enjoyed the garden this year. And my husband has as well. 
So now, obviously now everything's sort of died off again, but we're already talking about what will we do next year? You know, will we try, we did, my, my son was in Amsterdam last year and he brought us back, well he brought me back, um, tulip bulbs. So I planted them. I know, no, don't worry, no, no, don't worry, no, I'm not an advocate of that at all, don't worry. <laughs> there was no drugs or hookers, no. <laughs> but, no, he gave me tulip bulbs and I have planted them now, sort of September, October time. So we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm like, oh, is that going to work? I did do wildflowers, they're really easy. You just buy the seeds and just scattered them and they came up fantastic. They were the most amazing. They grow like weeds. Yeah, they yeah. That, they will come up like sheep. That's what my them. husband said. He said, well, they're just weeds. There's no, he's just, just you know, there's no difficulty growing them. And I'm like, but look at my wildflowers, they're gorgeous. And he's going, they're weeds. <laughs> <laughs> That and looks black, yeah. And it's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Um, my friend was saying they were Yeah. I wonder is that why you love them though, because it takes you back to a happy time with yeah, your granny and I don't know, but they are just absolutely gorgeous. You don't really see them, they're very um out of like certainly shops you don't see them. They're no, not really. I know. <laughs> well, the, uh, alarmingly, some of them started to come through. They started to kind of grow very quickly. And I'm going, no, 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 don't come out yet because it's going to be winter and you're all going to die. So I don't know if they're going to actually last to the springtime and summer. I'm a bit concerned because there's some green already sprouted. And I'm going, yeah, maybe. I don't know what I'll do with them. But anyway, we'll see. It's all. It's all experimenting at the minute. But tell me this before we wrap it up. Mm -hmm. um, you have a blog. I do, yes. It's really it's amazing. I, I've read quite a few blogs. Ah, it's you! It's, it's, <laughs> it's an incredible journey that um, it's been since Yeah, I've been writing it from the very start. It was one of those weird things. I, I don't know. I've always liked to kind of write. I'm not hugely good at it but sometimes I find I'm better on I often say I'm better on paper than I am in real life you know I like I like to write things down and for some reason I think it was probably partially boredom or just that so much had happened so quickly I couldn't get my head around it all and I found that writing about it helped me plus at that time I had so many people I mean people are so good so many people wanting to know how are you and you know, and, and I sort of thought, you know, if I write this and put it publicly, then people can see it and they can read through it. And then as time went on, then people started saying to me, oh, you know, can I can I give your name to whoever? My friend has is about to go through cancer treatment. They're terrified. I had actually a guy from my work, a very senior guy in my work, told me that his mother had been diagnosed with a brain tumour and she was terrified. And he said the family had read the blog and that had helped them to understand how she might be feeling. So I thought, well, do you know, and I sometimes think now the blog is more a kind of a, well, today I did this. <laughs> it's not as much about cancer. 
um, and it, sometimes it's a bit of a sea swimming blog to be honest but I hope that anyone who does take the time to read it gets something from it and I sort of think for cancer patients sometimes it's nice to know there's something that you can resonates with you you know that you're reading it kind of going yeah well actually yeah I feel like that too but I didn't I started it purely selfishly just because I needed to get all these things out of my head it does, yeah, it definitely does. And I've, I've, it just seems to have continued on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And at the beginning I was getting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people reading it. And, and that's kind of got less and less. But every so often you hear somebody will say to you, oh, you wrote such and such and that really helped me. And you think, well, good, good. I am glad you're doing it. Sometimes it's just a bit scary to do that. It's a bit, when, when I say, I have talked to other people and stuff, but I more talk, I, I'll write how I feel, and then I talk to people and say, you know, but I took put a very positive slant and everything. I try not to talk about the bad stuff, so maybe that's not healthy either, but um, at the end of the day, I do talk about the bad stuff, but it would be with my husband or my sister or close friends. You know, I don't talk about it kind of openly. And I deliberately try in the blog to make it positive because I think, not stupidly positive, I hope, but just kind of like, if I've had a small achievement, like I've got into the sea or I've gone back to work or here's another seizureversary, you know, and we're still going. <laughs> um, and we, probably the biggest thing that we've done, I love rock music, I love live bands. And a friend of mine said to me after I was diagnosed, he said, you know, if you want us to, he's in a band, and he said, if you want us to do a charity gig for you, we'll do it for free if you want to raise money. And, you know, people give me credit for it, but it was, it was him that came to me. And he came to me and, and offered this, and I thought, ooh. He said, if you can get a venue, we'll play. And I knew that I could get a venue because there's a place that I would have gone a lot, and I knew that the guy would do it. And then he sort of said, well, why don't you get other bands as well? And we ended up getting like five or six bands. And this year would have been the third year, but of course, because of COVID, it hasn't happened. So it was supposed to be May, then it was supposed to be September, then it was supposed to be February. We've just literally, in the last week, said February's not happening. We'll, ha- we'll do it at some stage later in the year. All the bands, they, and nobody takes any money out of it. Everybody does it for free. All the bands are saying to me, no problem, Trish, we'll do it another time. It's grand. But with the money that's been raised through that, and also my sister got married, and instead of, in lieu of wedding presents, she asked for donations. So we got all the money donated to Macmillan, and I spoke to Macmillan and I said, I wanted to come back to Corrine, I wanted to come back to Causeway Hospital, because they were, the, they were my Macmillan nurses, and they were the ones that helped me. And they, they did. There was a lot of red tape to go through from them and the Northern Trust and all the rest, but we got there, and we ended up um, I spoke to the McMillan nurses and asked, what do you need? And they said, we could really do with a nice refurbished relatives room. So that's what we did. And we created the Riverbank Relatives Room 
which is all themed on one of the most fabulous artists, local artists, Mark Christie, came in and painted murals all around it of the riverbank and of Ratty and Moley and Toad and Toad Hall and all the rest. And it's just wonderful, but it just goes to show what so many people have been touched by cancer. It's very hard not to be. So when you have somebody maybe just going, look what we can do. Do you know what I mean? I, I, that, and that's what I try to do. I very deliberately try and do that and say, look, yes, it's awful. It's terrible. It's horrible. It's a terrible experience. You're going to have times where you feel just horrific. But if we all get together, you know, teamwork makes the dream work and all that rubbish, but it's true. It does. And, you know, we've achieved that and we'll continue to achieve other things every year. You know, once COVID goes away and we can actually get out again, we'll, we'll do more. So... It's been a massive part of it, definitely. It has because it gave me that confidence. It gave me a bit of me back. And, and it also gave me the confidence to know that it doesn't matter if your body's not perfect. My, my body's never going to be perfect again. It's never, it's never going to be back. And the, the irony is when I was a wee skinny size eight um, with long, bright red hair that I had dyed to within an inch of its life, and thinking I was, you know, it, I was always critical of myself then anyway. You always are. And it's only when you look back and you think, oh, look how good I looked there. And now I'm a bit stodgy and a bit old and, you know, a bit menopausal. And you sort of think, well, but I don't care because I'm happy. And the sea has been a massive part of that. It's just accepting myself for who I am. And accepting my, you know, that I'm a bit weaker than I used to be. I'm not quite as strong and... But that's okay, because I can still get in, I can still do that, and I can still get my sense of achievement, and that sense of peace that comes with that as well. So. If you can get into this water, and you're talking, as you said, you're talking about the water. Yeah. <laughs> if you can get into that, if you can get into that in the middle of the winter, you are a lot stronger than you think already. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can do it too, so <laughs> we all can. It just takes a wee bit of determination, but that's not a bad thing. Tenacity, let's call it tenacity, not stubbornness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like to think so. Richard, thank you so much. Thank you, Zee. And could you just for our listeners, where can they find your blog? Oh, it's on uh, Google Blogger and it's just called Trisha Big Brain because I think that's hilarious. Trisha Bigbane.blogspot.com. I'm looking at you like, is that right? <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. I know, I don't look at myself. What is my blog again? I know, but I don't know. Um, yeah, no, I, I, there's a lot of entries, you know. I would probably say if you're a cancer patient, go to the start. Start at the start. If you're a swimmer, start more recent. Well, I don't know. I'd talk about everything, really. But whatever's in my head comes out. It's definitely reassuring, and I do. I, I can see how families have to mm. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you.
Oh, thank you. Your optimism and your positivity is absolutely infectious. Oh, don't you go and make me cry now, and then I'll look like the biggest unpositive person in the world. Negative, <laughs> negative. <laughs> Thank you. Merry Christmas to you too. It's a shame we can't hug now, but we'll do we. Virtual hug. Yes, so am I. I'm, well, I'm hugging you, mine. Oh, good for you. Wow. I'm off to meet my friend for a cup of tea. <laughs> I was in the other day and I'll be in again. I think we might do Boxing Day. We'll see. We'll see what the conditions are like, you know. But, but yeah, no, I'll be in at some stage again this week, so. Thank you, enjoy your dip. Be careful, stay safe. Wash your hands. <laughs> Wear a mask. Stay socially distanced, yes. All that. You too. Thank you, that was fun. I wasn't as nervous as I thought it was gonna be. Once you, once you get chat, I think when you're relaxed with the person you're chatting to, then it's a bit easier. It did record and it. How would you describe? Because people ask me this all the time. Like non-swimmers would ask me that, and I never quite know how to answer that. And I know you said invincible, and I think it's a perfect description. But how would you describe the feeling when you're in the water, and when you're come out of the water? I I feel there's like different stages when you're going into the water, and then when you're in the water once you settle in, and then when you get out of the water. And the feeling changes for me. I don't know. It's probably different for everyone. But how no, would you describe know, your yeah, feelings? No, I would say when I'm getting in, I'm always like, oh, you know, because it is. It's cold, and you're just you're getting used to that. And as I say, then I have my hysteria where I get a bit hysterical and scream and squeal and giggle and laugh. And then you know that's usually that's I'm not in properly at that point. That's usually where it's creeping up your legs and it's hitting your stomach and you know there's sort of key points. Where it hits your first your feet and then your knees and then the sort of the groin area and then up right your chest and but once you get to a certain point you have to just kind of commit to it and just go right I'm getting in now and again my friend laughs because I always say right right this is my wave I'm going in now this is me this is me and I'll go one two I know next one next one it <laughs> <laughs> usually takes me two or three sort of gene myself up but then once you do it then you're like and I'm in and then you get that just complete feeling of peace and calm and like all that mania that you've had before has just disappeared and you're going, yeah, no, this is my happy place, I'm here, I've done it. And then when you come out, again, you've got that kind of just walking a wee bit taller, you know, the shoulders back a wee bit further and you're just going, hey. You feel like a warrior, don't you? Yeah, you do. You're like, look at me, look what I've done. And for me particularly, having been through all my cancer treatment and everything too, you're kind of going, I see, can't beat me, look what I'm doing. <laughs> you know? There was actually one time my GP was actually down with his kids at the beach, they were playing at the beach, and I came out and I was like strutting past him, you know, <laughs> look at me. <laughs> <laughs> but, so yeah, no, I think it is just, there's, it's, it's life affirming. You know, it shows for me personally, you know, having been through, you know, not only I went through my cancer, as if that wasn't bad enough, then I was accidentally left on a medication and took a bad reaction to it and was poisoned essentially and ended up with um, toxicity and nearly died from that. It was four days away from sort of kicking the bucket. So for me then to come and do this 
and feel so alive because I know what it's like to feel like you're on your way out. So um, that has been that's been a big thing too. You just it just you just feel alive. It's joyous. It's, it's just the best thing you can ever do. I can't advocate it highly enough. You know, just I couldn't imagine not doing it or not being here. I couldn't imagine not coming down to meet my wee pal and and we go and you know, as I say all week we're like Oh I can't wait for the weekend <laughs> you know. We're just a whole lives away to get down here. <laughs> and we'd start talking about that house over there. The one that's derelict. Yeah. Obviously it's a podcast you nobody else can see it. But anyone who knows the Arcadia will know there's a derelict house. If you were in the sea facing into the beach, on the right hand side there's a derelict house with sort of green wood round it. That is my dream home. My husband and I dream about having that house. It's been lying derelict like that for years and you're going, look at that house. <laughs> I want that house. So you do you find yourself sort of hankering to be even closer to the sea. I was like, imagine how can that be lying empty? How has anyone let that happen? Because that, to me, is the absolute dream. You could be but literally jumping into the sea from your exactly, kitchen window. Exactly, <laughs> I'd be in every day if I was living there. But unfortunately, I suspect it's probably outside of my budget. <laughs> Maybe someday, you never know. It is a big house. <laughs> Maybe somebody will hear this and go, well, actually, I own that, you can have it. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's in it. It's lying empty. <laughs> It would be amazing to be able to go every day, wouldn't it? It would be fabulous to live here, uh, to live in Port Usher, Port Usher, or somewhere on the coast. I'm Korean, so I'm not a million miles away, but I work every day, and or four days now. When I first went back to work, I went back to five days, and then I kind of thought, you know what, a bit much. My husband does a four-day four rota thing, so I just went and kind of said, you know, I'll take a wee hit in the money, and and do it and it was the best thing I could have done it does free up an extra day as well that if the weather's not going to be good at the weekend or the sea's looking a bit big you can maybe slip in a wee one through the week there, you know, if you're off a day you're like, oh, well, can maybe go down on Tuesday I'm off on Tuesday but yeah, you start to revolve your life around it a bit where you're kind of going, I just want to be there So do you have a wee like a day dipping routine or a build up to it every week um, yeah, I look forward to it every week and then I just I suppose yeah, I'm, I'm quite high maintenance when it comes to bringing stuff with me I am <laughs> you're I will, like me I, I always look that. like I'm moving onto the beach yeah, <laughs> I, I will admit that I, you know I don't bring one towel I bring three <laughs> but, but there's a reason for it you know and I think do you know what if you're doing it make it as comfortable for yourself as, as possible it doesn't matter so I have a towel that since I got out of the water I put that round me and wrap it round me and dry myself off as best I can. Then I have my cook on, you know, like the dry robe and I'll put it on over me which is great because then you can strip away underneath and you're not traumatising any child or, or adult <laughs> for that matter. And Because um, it's, it's difficult as well, when you come out it's quite awkward, you know yourself, your skin gets almost a bit sticky, you know, from the seawater. And... Um, so I have my initial towel, but then that gets wet very quickly. So then I have another towel. I wear neoprene gloves and boots because my hands go into cramps and, and my feet go into cramps. So that was hindering me to being able to stay in. The rest of me was fine, but my hands and feet. 
so I thought, mm, is that cheating or am I allowed to do that? But I see loads of other people doing it as well. I'm the I same. I'm the same. Yeah. I don't, I'm not wearing a wetsuit, I'm just wearing the gloves and boots. It's especially in wintertime. I can get away with hold gloves between sort of April and November. But um, I wear boots all the time because I have, in, even in the summertime, I have a thing about dirty feet. I just don't like the, the sand and the dirt and sticking to yeah, my feet. I, I hate really, it. And that's, that's why I have the towel the second towel which is for my feet oh, because look when at that. I take my boots off I don't want to take my boots off and then stand in the sand because then you get all the sand stuck to your feet and you're going well this is no good so I have another towel that I stand on and then I dry off my feet and everything and then my husband bought me these great we call them my sea slippers but they're basically they're like waterproof shoes but they're nice and sort of loose but they've got a good solid sole and a good fleecy inside their class and they were they were really cheap <laughs> you know but he saw them and thought that's perfect for her getting out of the water and it is it's brilliant so I get my feet all dried off at them and then I have my final towel then towel number three which just gives me a final dry off before I throw on nice fleecy jogging bottoms and my, my fleece top and, and then my coupon goes back on over the top of all that and hat at this time of year hat and gloves and <laughs> 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 you know but that is some equipment. I, know. <laughs> I can fit it into a relatively small bag. My, I have, my friend bought me a bag that says um, "Life's a Beach" or something like that, or "I Belong at the Sea" or something. And I cram it all into that. And my husband goes, "Just take like a hold all. You can take a bigger bag." And I'm going, "I don't need one. I can fit it in there." But that's because when I come down, I have my swimsuit on and I have my clothes on and my jog bottoms and all on over. So I can take them off, you know, I don't, they're not in the bag, so I can take them off and then put them back on again afterwards, so, but, although I do worry sometimes, my biggest fear, I think, in the water is when you look up and you see all the people walking and their dogs and all, and I think, a dog is going to pee in my stuff sometime, isn't it? And I'm, I'm watching them going, you're ruining my buzz here. <laughs> I, do you know what I often thought of it when we, I usually go to... Helen's Bay during the week and uh-huh. and I leave my stuff on the beach or by the bench and there's a lot of wa- dog walkers and uh-huh. I'm constantly scared because I carry I have in my um, in my dry bag pocket I always have hot drink for afterwards uh-huh. and I'm just like you can't pee on the bag because the stuff inside the bag is safe but if you pee on the teacup uh-huh. there there's will be, be blood <laughs> and it's always my biggest fear that yeah. the dogs will come and just or or also my 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 um changing robe as well yes. because i leave it that doesn't fit into my dry yes, bag so i just I leave I'm it lying on the beach kind of going, oh. if a dog pees on my robe oh, oh yeah. man <laughs> sacrilege well, they, from what i've seen most people kind of are pretty careful they'll they'll see you know and i've laughed with dog owners about it like are we kind of I laugh with a, don't you dare let your dog pee on my stuff. <laughs> but. but do you know, I never actually had a dog pee on my stuff. But one time uh, I was changing. I just, because it was low tide. So I just spread my changing mat on the beach. And I was mm. just changing, sort of hopping around, taking my boots off and, mm. and ch- changing. And there was this little dog and he comes in and he just sniffs me. I'm just standing on one one feet trying to take one of my neoprene boots off and I was kind of trying to balance he comes in he sniffs me 
And then he lifts his leg. Oh no. And just before he manages to pee, the, the dog owner comes rushing in and lifts the dog. <laughs> and then we both had such a great laugh about it. And I was just like, my, my, my eyes just widened and I was just staring into the dog, just like, what are you trying to do here? <laughs> We had a lady to tell us the other week. I says, oh, I saw your dogs come around our stuff there and I thought, oh, please don't pee. And she said, oh, no, no, he wouldn't do that. But she said, I'd be more worried if he snacks or anything in there. And I says, no, we haven't just water. And she said, oh, that's okay. No, you're all right then. <laughs> she was worried that it would run off of the snacks. But we didn't have any food. So, Do you not bring snacks, actually? That's, that's another thing. What do you think are the absolute essentials? Probably not your three toes. <laughs> But what do you think are the absolute essentials for anyone who considers going for a swim? What are the essentials to bring in the summer and in the winter? A lot of people would bring like a flask of hot water or some people bring like warm water and will pour it over their feet whenever they get out. I don't do that. I don't like that. It burns my feet then. I'm Even if it's not hot, you know, I'm like, oh, no, because my feet are so cold. So, um get snippy and I thought no I don't like that so I would just tend to bring water um, but other people bring snacks and things I suppose maybe a banana or something's good when you get out or I'm a bit of a sucker for a mint hub bug in the car on the way back <laughs> <laughs> that's me being unhealthy and I have to say my post dip snack I'm sorry I know it's not what you want to hear bacon body and cup of tea <laughs> it just has to be in the summer we'll maybe go to a cafe and get one and in the winter time just straight home and make our own my husband usually puts on the bacon while I'm in the shower I'm like happy days <laughs> doesn't get much better than that but but I know I probably should say you know fruit and all that kind of thing I do eat a lot of fruit and veg just not necessarily on a sea swim day I want hot and It's whatever floats your boat. Yeah. <laughs> I think whatever makes you happy. And I think that, you know, particularly, that's actually one thing after um, after you get out of the... Particularly in the winter, when you get out of the cold water, I am so hungry. Yeah, yeah. I just could eat anything. Like, I mean, I'm normally a healthy me, eater, yeah. but honestly, if yeah. I didn't bring my healthy snacks, that's the only reason why I bring health, loads of healthy snacks for a post dip, because I know if I didn't, I just run to the nearest shop and I, I'd buy something <laughs> that I would not be proud of oh, at all. I just think, oh, when I get home, I'm going to have a bag of bacon potty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the same whopper you have. <laughs> I'm like, I can't wait. <laughs> I mean, I'm laughing about, you know, bacon potties and not eating healthily and all the rest. I'm not too bad through the week, you know. I, I, I'm, in fact, I'm pretty good. I don't drink alcohol. I don't drink cafe or coffee at all. I have maximum three cups of tea in a day, if even. Usually, it's closer to. It's usually one or two. Um, we eat a lot of fish and a lot of veg, and you know, I, I did become a bit obsessed around rainbow vegetables because if anyone who's been through cancer treatment will know, you're encouraged your rainbow veg so I'm like peppers of all colours and broccoli and you know like the superfoods broccoli and I haven't managed to beetroot and kale I just I can't but I'm like no no that's a step too far but I will I eat a lot of broccoli a lot of asparagus and blueberries every day every day and in the summer I'll have strawberries as well you know so I, I'm not but an oranges so I eat a lot of oranges for the other type of vitamin C. What do you do with asparagus actually? 
Because I Usually always found... I usually have, I bake it with salmon, yeah, I'll, I'll bake salmon and put the asparagus and a wee squeeze of lemon juice over the top of it and like, get a lemon juice and squeeze a bit of the juice over it and some, a wee bit of pepper. Black How pepper. long does asparagus bake for? Because I've never actually baked it, I would always sort of steam it, but I got I got bored because I never really knew what to do with asparagus, so I would just kind of steam it, <laughs> other than that I put it in the juicer, given. but... <laughs> well, I, I know, but asparagus is one of those funny vegetables that I never quite knew. I would just steam it and put a bit of sea salt on it and, and olive oil, and that would be it. Just, I mean, I mean, simple, but I would get bored of it. Yeah. No. Other than that, I juice it, but it's just I, I tend to. Do. In fact, tonight's dinner in our house is salmon fillets with asparagus. So all all you do, and if I can do this, anybody can do this. You just put the salmon fillets into like we tinfoil packages I just loosely wrap them in tinfoil and put the asparagus in with them ah. and a wee squirt of lemon juice and a wee bit of seasoning and you can do all sorts of things like so you leave the asparagus in as long paste. as the salmon yeah okay yeah and then usually I'll have um, broccoli with it as well because I'm a bit obsessed with broccoli because somebody told me it was really good for you when I was in hospital, and I'm like, right. <laughs> so I ate it with nearly every meal. I'm like, broccoli with that? And my husband's like, no, I'm all right. And I'm like, I'm going to have some broccoli with mine. And spinach, it's the other big one, spinach with everything. You know, I think I eat spinach nearly every day. You know, I'll eat it in a sandwich. <laughs> and uh, no matter what sandwich I have, I'll always put a wee few spinach leaves in there as well. I need to start growing my own because... Um, I eat so much of it, I would be as well to grow my own. Well, now, I wasn't a big gardener until this year, but I think this summer we had such a... Well, spring, summer, we had such a nice... We had such nice weather, and obviously with COVID and stuff, you couldn't go anywhere. So, in our wee back garden, we've only got a wee... Uh, it's not a big garden, but it's big enough. And it was uh, looking a bit... It was starting to get a bit scraggy looking, so we did do a lot of work in the garden, and, and, and I really enjoyed it. And we planted up beds and stuff and I painted, we got a new shed and I painted it. I got this, it was the last two tins of paint in, in B&Q. The last two tins, it was lavender. And my husband's like, oh, you're, are we going to seriously have a big purple shed? And I'm going, wait and see. But actually, whenever I did it, it was a lot more muted. It was more a lavender colour. It wasn't a bright purple. It was lavender. It wasn't like a rabina. And... Uh, <laughs> And it's turned out beautiful. And everybody compliments. Oh, look at your lavender shed. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. And um, so I have really enjoyed the garden this year. And my husband has as well. So now, obviously now everything has sort of died off again. But we're already talking about what will we do next year? You know, will we try? We did. My, my son was in Amsterdam last year. And he brought us back. Well, he brought me back um, tulip bulbs. So I planted them. I was wondering what was going to come out I of know, you. No, don't worry. No, no, don't worry. No, I, I'm not an advocate of that at all. Don't worry. <laughs> there was no drugs or hookers, no. <laughs> but, no, he gave me tulip bulbs and I have planted them now, sort of September, October time. So we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm like, oh, is that going to work? I did do wildflowers. They're really easy. You just buy the seeds and just scattered them and they came up fantastic they were the most amazing 
They grow like weeds. So you just yeah, need to scatter yeah, them around. That, and they will come up next year probably so as well. my husband said. He said, well, they're just weeds. Yeah. He? He's just, just, you know, there's no difficulty growing them. And I'm like, but look at my wildflowers. They're gorgeous. And he's going, they're weeds. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we're talking about tulips. One of my favorite um, flowers ever. Um, and I always admired it. Um, it's It's black tulip i think it's called mm-hmm. the, the the queen of night or something mm-hmm. and it's it's not actually black it's so dark blue that, that it looks, looks black. black yeah and it's absolutely gorgeous and mm-hmm. um my grandmother's neighbor used to grow them they were absolutely beautiful yeah absolutely i wonder beautiful. is that why you love them though because it takes you back to a happy time yeah i wonder i don't know but they are just absolutely gorgeous and you don't really see them they're very um i don't like certainly in shops you don't see them they're quite no, rare not really. But, um, yeah, you have to tell me next year how your tulip's growing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, uh, alarmingly, some of them started to come through. They started to kind of grow very quickly. And I'm going, no, no, don't come out yet because it's going to be winter and you're all going to die. So I don't know if they're going to actually last to the springtime and summer. I'm a bit concerned because there's some green already sprouted. Going, I have to rub them up maybe in a fleece or something. Yeah, maybe. I don't know what I'll do with them. But anyway, we'll see. It's all, it's all experimenting at the minute. But tell me this before we wrap it up. Um, mm-hmm. You have a blog. I do, yes. And it's really, it's it's amazing. I've <laughs> I've read quite a few posts, and oh, it's, you. it's it's an incredible <laughs> it's an incredible journey that um, that you describe, and you've been writing it since since 2017. Yeah, I've been writing it from the very start. It was one of those weird things. I I don't know. I've always liked to kind of write. I'm not hugely good at it, but sometimes I find I'm better. On, I often say I'm better on paper than I am in real life. You know, I like I like to write things down. And for some reason, I think it was probably partially boredom, or just that so much had happened so quickly. I couldn't get my head around it all, and I found that writing about it helped me. Plus, at that time. I had so many people, I mean, people are so good, so many people wanting to know, how are you? And, you know, and, and I sort of thought, you know, if I write this and put it publicly, then people can see it and they can read through it. And then as time went on, then people started saying to me, oh, you know, can I, can I give your name to whoever? I mean, my friend has, is about to go through cancer treatment. They're terrified. I had actually a guy from my work, a very senior guy in my work, told me that his mother had been diagnosed with a brain tumour and she was terrified. And he said the family had read the blog and that had helped them to understand how she might be feeling. So I thought, well, do you know, and I sometimes think now the blog is more a kind of a, well, today I did this. <laughs> it's not as much about cancer. Um, and it, sometimes it's a bit of a sea swimming blog, to be honest. But I hope that anyone who does take the time to read it gets something from it and I sort of think for cancer patients sometimes it's nice to know there's something that you can resonates with you you know that you're reading it kind of going yeah well actually yeah I feel like that too but I didn't I started it purely selfishly just because I needed to get all these things out of my head it helps you process things it does it? yeah it definitely does and I've, I've, it just seems to have continued on and 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 at the beginning I was getting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people reading it and, and that's kind of got less and less but every so often you hear somebody will say to you oh you wrote such and such and that really helped me and you think well 
good. I am glad you're doing it because I can totally see how it can be helpful. Um, helpful to people. I, um, as I said before, my mom went through cancer, and um, one of the biggest mistakes I think she made is that she never properly acknowledged what was happening to her, yeah. but also she never sought advice or talked to people with similar experiences for reassurance and for yeah. understanding Sometimes what it it's is. It's just a bit scary to do that. It's a bit. When, when I say I have talked to other people and stuff but I more talk I, I'll write how I feel and then I talk to people and say you know but I took put a very positive slant and everything I try not to talk about the bad stuff so maybe that's not healthy either but um, at the end of the day I do talk about the bad stuff but it would be with my husband or my sister or close friends you know I don't talk about it kind of openly and I deliberately try in the blog to make it positive because I think not stupidly positive I hope but just kind of right if I've had a small achievement like I've got into the sea or I've gone back to work or here's another seizureversary you know and we're still going <laughs> um, and we, probably the biggest thing that we've done I love rock music I love live bands and a friend of mine said to me after I was diagnosed he said you know if you want us to, he's in a band and he said do if you want us to do a charity gig for you, we, we'll do it for free if you want to raise money. And, you know, people give me credit for it, but it was it was him that came to me. And he came to me and, and offered this, and I thought, ooh. He said, if you can get a venue, we'll play. And I knew that I could get a venue because there's a place that I would have gone a lot, and I knew that the guy would do it. And then he sort of said, well, why don't you get other bands as well? And we ended up getting, like, five or six bands, and... We, this year would have been the third year, but of course, because of COVID, it hasn't happened. So it was supposed to be May, then it was supposed to be September, then it was supposed to be February. We've just literally, in the last week, said February's not happening. We'll, ha we'll do it at some stage later in the year. All the bands, they, and nobody takes any money out of it. Everybody does it for free. All the bands are saying to me, no problem, Trish, we'll do it another time. It's grand. But with the money that's been raised through that, and also my sister got married. And instead of, in lieu of wedding presents, she asked for donations. So we got all the money donated to Macmillan. And I spoke to Macmillan and I said, I wanted to come back to Corrine. I wanted to come back to Causeway Hospital because they were the, they were my Macmillan nurses and they were the ones that helped me. And they, they did. There was a lot of red tape to go through from them and the Northern Trust and all the rest. But we got there and we ended up, um, I spoke to the Macmillan nurses and asked, what do you need? They said we could really do with a nice refurbished relatives room. So that's what we did and we created the Riverbank Relatives Room, which is all themed on one of the willows. A fabulous artist, local artist, Mark Christie, came in and painted murals all around it of the Riverbank and of Ratty and Moley and Toad and Toad Hall and all the rest. And it's just wonderful, but it just goes to show what so many people have been touched by cancer. It's very hard not to be. So when you have somebody maybe just going, look what we can do, do you know what I mean? I, I, that, and that's what I try to do. I very deliberately try and do that and say, look, yes, it's awful. It's terrible. It's horrible. It's a terrible experience. You're going to have times where you feel just horrific. But if we all get together, you know, teamwork makes the dream work and all that rubbish, but it's true. It does. And, you know, we've achieved that and we'll continue to achieve other things every year, you know. Once COVID goes away and we can actually get out again, we'll we'll do more. So, this is amazing. 
And I can totally see how you standing by the sea and <laughs> listening in on the waves. I, I do get the sense that all this strength and all this achievement, that, that, that you, all the things that you've been achieving since your treatment, it, it really feels like the sea is, is, is giving you the strength to do. It's been a massive part of it, definitely. It has because it gave me that confidence. It gave me a bit of me back. And, and it also gave me the confidence to know that it doesn't matter if your body's not perfect. My, my body's never going to be perfect again. It's never, it's never going to be back. And the, the irony is, when I was a wee skinny size 8, um, with long, bright red hair that I had dyed to within an inch of its life, and thinking I was, you know, it, I was always critical of myself then anyway. You always are. And it's only when you look back and you think, oh, look how good I looked there. And now I'm a bit stodgy and a bit old and, you know, a bit menopausal. And you sort of think, well, but I don't care because I'm happy. And the sea has been a massive part of that. It's just accepting myself for who I am and accepting my, you know, that I'm a bit weaker than I used to be. I'm not quite as strong. and But that's okay because I can still get in. I can still do that. And I can still get my sense of achievement and that sense of peace that comes with that as well. So, If you can get into this water, and we're talking, as you said, you're talking North Atlantic here. <laughs> if you can into that, if you can get into that in the middle of the winter, you are a lot stronger than you think, my lady. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can do it too. So <laughs> we all can. It just takes a wee bit of determination, but that's not a bad thing. Tenacity, let's call it tenacity, not stubbornness. <laughs> Definitely a better word. <laughs> yeah, I like to think so. Tricia, thank you so much thank you, for the Zoe. chat. And could you just, for our listeners, where can they find your blog? How can they reach out? Oh, it's on uh, Google Blogger. And it's just called Trisha Big Brain, because I think that's hilarious. TrishaBigBain.blogspot.com I'm looking at you like, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm it is. Here. I was writing it out yesterday. I, I don't look it up myself. <laughs> what is my blog again? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, no, I, I, there's a lot of entries. You know, I would probably say if you're a cancer patient, go to the start. Start at the start. If you're a swimmer, start more recent. Well, I don't know. I talk about everything, really. But whatever's in my head comes out. It's definitely reassuring, and I do. I I can see how families of cancer patients and cancer patients themselves how this could be helpful oh, and reassuring. You. And your approach is absolutely amazing, and I absolutely love just your whole approach to life and oh, you. your optimism and your positivity is absolutely infectious oh don't you go make me cry now and then i'll look like the biggest unpositive person in the world negative <laughs> negative <laughs> thank you so much trisha it's been an absolute pleasure and merry christmas merry christmas to you too it's a shame we can't hug now but we'll do we <laughs> <laughs> virtual hug I'm hugging you in my head yes so am I and I'm, I'm gonna you, off um, I'm, I'm, I'm off to jump into the sea oh good for you wow I'm off to meet my friend for a cup of tea <laughs> <laughs> I was in the other day and I'll be in again I, I think we might do boxing day we'll see we'll see what the conditions are like you know that was some pretty fresh swim in other words it was completely freezing but I guess that's kind of the point of it, isn't it? 
Um, I'm finally um, defrosted and I'm back at home and I'm kind of thinking that I really don't want to even know what the water, um, what temperature the water was because, um, yeah, it, it probably would put me off next time. Um, it was definitely below 10 degrees, I can tell you that much. But to be honest, it doesn't really matter because the cold is, it, it is the point. And if you can plunge into cold water, um, especially this cold, you really can probably do just about anything in life. And um, I guess Trisha has already um uh, told you so and, and uh, proven that um, yeah it was fun actually um, it was really there were a lot of waves there were a lot of surface about actually um, so I try to keep quite a bit away from them so I don't get in into their way um, yeah I got a few good sea slaps uh, as Trisha calls them um, it was fun it really does make you feel like a child a little bit um but anyway, if if you'd like to hear more from from Trisha, um, you should definitely check out her Big Brain blog at trishabigbrain.blogspot.com. Um, she describes it as um, a free, simple, messy little blog about living a positive life with an incurable brain tumor. Um, I love that description, and um, I absolutely love Trisha. She. Um, she is just an amazing woman and, um, yeah. Um, if you'd like to try Trisha's recipe, um, it is very simple. All you need is, um, asparagus, salmon fillets, lemon juice, and perhaps some salt. And you can find the recipe on our social media on both Instagram, or you can actually, um, on both Instagram and Facebook and you can actually download it from our Facebook group page The Sweet Spot on a farm where you can find it in the file section. Um, if you are vegan or um, simply prefer a completely plant-based meal, um, you can totally substitute the salmon fillets for something like um, I'm not a big fan of soy but if you can find good quality properly fermented tofu uh, find some nice spices um, I can that I think that would go really well with asparagus um, I tend to use um, aubergine as well um, it has a really good texture which is a great substitute for chicken or fish um, so you can use that and it slices up into fillets really nicely. Another option is cauliflower, I guess, because it it has a little more meaty texture. But again, it cuts into fillets really nicely. Or you can completely leave the fish or any fish substitute out and simply just bake some asparagus and have it as a side dish to whatever you like. But anyway, talking about food and downloads, um, our charity recipe collection is finally out. Um, it can be downloaded from the same place as all the recipes um, from the file section of our Facebook group page. And if you're not on Facebook, this might also be um, available from the charity's website soon. Um, so you can try at mymy.org.uk and um, you can also just email me at thesweetspud at gmail.com and I can just send you the PDF file on request. And if you like this podcast or any other of our episodes, 
please leave a review or rating on whichever platform you use because those reviews are a great help and um, are really appreciated and I do thank everyone who's already done so. Oh, and before I forget, um, Trisha and I uh, briefly talked about this mysterious book. So this mysterious book uh, we mentioned is called Blue Mind by W.J. Nichols, um, in case you're interested. And that's it for this year, I guess. Um, It's been a little crazy one, but um, I think that maybe only means um, it can only get better. So um, here's to super awesome, amazing 2021. Have a lovely Christmas. Get a dip in cold sea, lake or bath or whatever body of water you can find as long as it's cold and clean. And um, as Trisha says, it will make you feel invincible. It will make you feel strong. It will make you feel like a warrior. And I promise it will put a smile on your face once you stop shivering. And uh, whatever you do, stay healthy. Until next time. As every week, your host is myself, Susanna from The Sweet Spot. Music by Mark J. Adair and artwork by Gemma O'Hagan. Thank you for listening. Thank you.